We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. setting the pace and this is part two of our conversation with the great michael scotto i'm joined by michael the doc Fachi. i like that new nickname for you man with our friend friend alex from uh, nick's fan tv how do you feel about that nickname the doc it, it was the first for sure definitely an interesting one um you know hey look i'll take it there's there's plenty of worse nicknames to be out there the doc all right i can live with it all right, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break before we bring on Michael Scotto. But that'll be me, Alex Golden, and Michael the Doc Fachi, a.k.a. Magic Mike, interviewing Michael Scotto next. Look at this. I wanted to kind of transition a little bit to someone else that's also been involved heavily in rumors the past couple of months, really. And that's Pascal Siakam. This is a guy that has, you know, been faithful to this Raptors organization. And there was even a report that came out saying that if he were to be traded, he would not sign an extension he wants to be extended with the Raptors and I think maybe that could have changed based on all the stuff we've heard over the last couple of weeks but what's the intel on Pascal Siakam and what's going on there in Toronto I think for sorry give me one sec every once in a while when the phone lights up like Times Square on New Year's Eve I gotta give it a peek but uh (laughs) I would say with Pascal look obviously Pascal loves being in Toronto what I would say is you know, if you're a team that's trying to trade for him, you you got him for a year and then you'd have to go from there. I touched on it on Hoops Hype. I don't think there's any team that is more driven to try to get Pascal Siakam than the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they just kept uh, DeJounte Murray with an extension. They've got Trey Young. And so for me, um, that's the team. It's, you talk to other teams around the league, that's what everybody's eyeing. And can, can they have enough assets to get that done? 
On the flip side, other executives also will look at Toronto and say, well, we've seen this before where they, they dangle a lot of players and they don't do anything. We saw it with OG Ananobi. Three first-round picks weren't enough. How many picks is it going to take to get Pascal Siakam? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a guy that was an all-NBA guy. It's, that's, uh, that I should say is uh, a, an all-NBA candidate every year. He's still in his prime. All-star caliber guy at the four. A versatile player. So you're Toronto, you kept Jakob Podol. Yeah, you lost Fred Van Vliet, but you brought back Dennis Schroeder. You're not signaling to me yet you're here to fully rebuild. You know, I think they're in this like limbo and go into the season and see how it goes. Um, For Siakam, I think one thing that's interesting with Toronto is you don't hear Toronto say, we're not trading this guy. Amid all these reports, you've never heard Toronto say, we're not moving this guy. So I do think sometimes there's something to that. Um, and, and, and we'll see how the season goes. I still think they can be somewhat competitive in the East. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they got could. a puncher's chance a little bit with some of their guys. So, you know, we'll see. Um, and and kind of go from there. But... None of this surprised me. And I, and I touched on Orlando a little bit. I know that they were mentioned, but someone there told me that that was more noise than substance, um, as I wrote on Hoopsite, but just for your listeners in case they missed it as well. Um, you know, it's, it's the same reason that Orlando, to me, got tied to Fred Van Vliet, the Jeff Weltman connection, all the former Raptor guys. And, you know, look, certainly that would take Orlando to another level, but you've got Paolo Bancaro at the four there anyway. So you're going to play Pascal to five if you get him? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think big picture. The Orlando to me still has time to be patient. You know, it just feels for me like the air is coming out of the tire for the Raptors. Like, this is not – their window has been minimizing. And now we're getting to a point where OG and Siakam, they're both hitting free agency after the year. At what point does a team call their bluff and say – I don't think that you're re-signing both of them. And what do we feel that the asking price for Siakam is at this moment? Well, the flip side that Toronto will tell you is they've let guys go in the past. Look at Fred Van Vliet. They didn't get anything back for him. Um, Kawhi Leonard left. Didn't get anything back for him. Now, you can say what you want about that, but Toronto's willing to call people's bluff. They don't get what they want. As far as what's his asking price, ask Masai and Bobby, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster that one, because to me, it's got to be pretty high. Got to be. You know, I don't want to throw out like X amount of picks and because it's every package is different. Um, I'll say this if you're Atlanta, and I touched on this a little bit on Hoops Hype as well in my last Intel story, but. You know, if you look at a theoretical trade ship, like Clint Capella wouldn't work for Toronto. You just signed Jacopoto. Yeah, it was so a headline scenario for the Pacers. So you're going to headline yeah. a package with DeAndre Hunter, who's been in trade talks, among them with your Indiana Pacers previously. Mm-hmm. So I don't – I don't know. To me right now – a lot of talk, a lot of talk. Pascal Siakam has been in more rumors than a high school student in the hallways. It's just what it is. Rumors are rumors, rumors are talk. That said, 
where there's smoke, there's fire. And certainly the way I balance all of this stuff, fellas, is that he is drawing certainly a significant amount of interest, which he should. But that doesn't mean to me that it's quote unquote close to anything. Toronto clearly is still holding him in high regard on the trade market. Yeah, I would say from an outsider's perspective, it just feels like the Raptors aren't doing themselves any favors by dangling him so much out there. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, Kawhi left for nothing. Uh, Fred VanVleet left for nothing. And basically Kyle Lowry forced his way to Miami on a sign-and-trade, and they didn't really get back the right value for him when they could have maybe traded him earlier before his deal expired. So that, to me, is something to keep an eye on. I know the Pacers were linked to Pascal, but I think a lot of that stuff was just more smoke than fire because the Pacers already had drafted Jairus Walker and had just traded for Obi Top and it had just been a log jam once again at the power forward spot. But uh, an astute observation, my friend. I touched on that as well on Hoops. Yeah, great yeah. minds think alike, sir. We, we do, we do. And you know, something else you, you put out on Hoops Hype was TJ McConnell in trade yeah, talks. Yeah. And there was a trade idea that you thrown around that was like a structure that didn't end up happening. Obviously we know that with uh mm -hmm. campaign getting traded to San Antonio on Sunday, but it was basically McConnell going to Phoenix, campaign going to New York, and then Evan Fournier coming to Indiana. And that was like the structure of it. Obviously, that wouldn't have worked financially for all the three teams involved. But that was the main structure. I know you said Jordan Wara's name was thrown in that talks as well. But um, what does that look like for TJ McConnell's future here with the Pacers? Because they've got a loaded backcourt once again. That's why they traded off Chris Duarte. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, look, for TJ, he's a veteran point guard that teams like out there around the league. Um, and defensively, uh, he brings a lot on the court. So to me, it was just a bit of that. Uh, the talks had gone on for a while. I did mention in the report that they stalled. And then sure enough, the next, uh, I think it was the next day or two, then, yeah. um, you know, campaign got moved elsewhere. So, uh, you know, it lined up uh, linearly. And, you know, I think for... Look, for, for the Knicks, in, in that sense, a large part of it was, you know, moving off of Evan Fournier, who blasted them a little bit in an interview in El Equipe uh, in France. So um, don't worry, we've got the translation on Hoops Hype, in case you're wondering. Um, Company man so, right there. <laughs> always always got to throw a little plug in. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's really what it was more about there. I, so from your question as far as like TJ's future certainly there are a lot of teams inquiring on him um but I do think like Andrew Nemhard has shown that he could be a really good backup point guard for them yep so in a way if you can maximize a nice return for TJ get some future draft capital and fill another position of need you give it a shot yeah I wanted to follow up real quick just because there's been a lot of speculation that the Pacers want to bring George Hill back to kind of be that veteran mentor for this team and knowing that McConnell could slide out of the rotation, that could make some sense because George Hill knows he's not going to play, could be more, you know, invested in a mentorship role in that third string kind of guy where McConnell probably feels like he still has a lot to offer. And I'm just curious. I know George Hill is not a household name anymore, but uh, he's a fan favorite. So have you heard anything about George Hill? Any teams interested in his veteran presence? I had not heard that specifically. However, could I see it? Yeah. yeah. You know, I think of like when Matt Dellavedova went to Sacramento last year. It's kind of similarly along those lines. Veteran mentor, a guy that 
he doesn't expect to play a ton, but he'll know his role. And when he is called upon, you know that he's not going to make a, a foolish mistake out there. High IQ player. Um, and sure, he's got some IUPUI roots. So uh, yeah. check some boxes for me. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, someone that we heard a lot of rumors about last year, which we're not hearing about now, you touched on this a little bit earlier, Buddy Heald. It, it felt like when the Pacers maybe weren't exactly going for it last year, there was teams like the Lakers calling up about Buddy. This year, we obviously know the relationship between Tyrese and Buddy. It's strong, but the Pacers now have a more competitive team. However, Buddy's role may have minimized a bit. Does it feel like the Pacers are riding it out with Buddy, even despite being in a contract year? Well, again, I kind of touched on it. He and Tyrese Halliburton have a nice relationship, which I think you have to now certainly factor in for the guy that just got a max contract extension. Um, he's fit in well. Uh, he shot the ball well. And so far, he's been like, okay, with his role. Um, but ultimately, if you're going to give the keys to Benedict Matherin, I do think for teams that are strong playoff contenders, it makes sense to try to go after him. Um Indiana has flexibility here, the way I look at it right now. Um, so it'll be up to them ultimately if they get good enough draft capital down the line or maybe a player under contract that fits their timeline at a different position. But they can go a number of directions. I don't have a – I haven't heard anything as far as which way they're leaning right now on Buddy. Uh, it's They have a lot of options with him, and he still fit in well. Um, you know, it seems like he's adapted well to coach Carlisle and which I do think is important. I do think Rick has some form of a voice, not saying he's the be all end all, but he does have a voice certainly. Um, and yeah, I mean, time will tell still, still time to see. He's always going to get linked to the Lakers because of Palenka. It's just, it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Read it's just it. like CAA guys getting linked to the Knicks. It is what it is. Happens all the time. Or eight into the Pacers. I mean, that is the, every day, every week. That's what that's what you hear. It's like, look, it happened once. It doesn't mean it's going to happen again. It doesn't mean that it won't happen again. But at the same point, man, that's it's an every week thing. Exactly. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of hoping we'd get campaign here on the Pacers because Fachi's a big fan of him. I would love to uh, no, see him excited no, for I that, just, but. Not, not my guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy he's been moved. He was stressing nice. out about campaign coming to the Pacers for a McConnell trade. I thought, could you just calm down? It's not happening that way. But uh, PJ Washington, this is a guy that is in restricted free agency still right now. And I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't a bigger market out there for him from other teams. I understand that 
restricted free agency is always difficult, but this is, I think he's a really good player and I feel like he could help a lot of different teams. I actually think him on the Knicks could be a really nice piece now that they've lost Obi and kind of have him as that other big on their roster. But what what's going on with PJ Washington? Well, if you PJ Washington, I mean, right now, this is a guy that wanted high teens to $20 million a year annually. The market didn't bear that. If you're Charlotte, they previously had talks. I'm trying to, you got to remember, this is like not a year ago, but pretty darn close. Uh, I think they were four years, 52 million. I had reported at one point. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, well, it's almost like the Grant Williams situation. You almost have to get like a full mid-level, a full non-taxpayer mid-level offer sheet somewhere or something else that makes sense in a signing trade where you can give more. Um, so waiting it out at this point and still kind of going back and forth. We saw Charlotte bring back Miles Bridges on the qualifier. They were far apart, um, but they paid LaMelo Ball. So yeah, we'll see. There's definitely been other teams that have been interested in him, no question. But um, I, don't, I, I don't know where ultimately he ends up just yet. It's still up in the air because I feel like if he takes – anything around the non-taxpayer mid-level that's so much less than what he wanted. And I would still think you hold out hope. Like there's also a lot of guys around the league that have like these minimum contract offers from teams and they're holding out for better. People are waiting to see what happens with the Damian Lillard trade, uh, you know, Harden. It's like at this point for some people, it's like, well, we've come this far. Why wait? Why, why not wait a little longer? Yep. That's a valid point. I mean, man, P.J. Washington, that was just someone you just thought would have been snatched up in the beginning, but not the case. But, you know, before we kind of, you know, finish this up, I'd like to hear from a winners and losers type of standpoint of free agency. Who are maybe three winners in your mind and three losers that really stood out? Uh, it's a little the still, it's, it's still a little tough for me to do that yet. And I've had, I was joking with Yossi Goslin, our cap guy, because I'm like, we should do a pod on that, I told them. And I'm like, but we still got to see the Dame trade hard. And I'm like, do we do it now or not? Um, I'll try to give you a one and one, let me think. I mean, I guess you could say a winner would be like, because a lot of, because like a lot of teams around the league wanted Bruce Brown. You could say the Pacers are a winner. I, I was kept, hoping you were going to say They the kept Pacers Tyrese. Could. They kept Tyrese. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, again, I reported this and I'll say it again. No player option. Massive. Huge for a team like Indiana, given their market, to have that flexibility. So I'll put them as one of my winners. A loser. Mm, I, actually, this one kind of came a little quicker to me. <laughs> I would say... I'd say that I didn't – I'd say the Houston Rockets, and this is why. Because to me, Fred VanVleet got – he didn't get a bag. He got the truck. bank. He got yeah. the entire bank, the truck, <laughs> the, the, the stock bonds, you name Everything. it. Fred, and I know they got it, um, some wiggle room there on a team option. I'll give them that. Yeah. Two-year deal, basically. 
Yeah, but the per year is a lot of money, and I know he's I know. an adult in the room, which they desperately need. I will give them that. Ime Udoka, and I said this on Hoopsype, he wanted a veteran point guard. Well, he got his veteran point guard. Just paid a premium. Uh, you know, it's like paying for premium gas and, uh, at the gas station, you know, <laughs> what I tell you. But so you got that. Dylan Brooks, I thought, got way more – Kudos to uh, Dylan Brooks's camp, you know, one legacy, you know, Mike George, um, Shai, Saeed, like all, all of them. They, to, to get that deal after NBA Twitter had this guy joining the Shanghai Sharks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, killing him. Like this guy was getting roasted like a Thanksgiving turkey. And I'd argue that he got, I would argue that he got one of the best, if not the best free agent deal for a player given the market. Um, and, and I just thought, you know, there was a lot of talk, serious talk about Brook Lopez going to the Houston Rockets and, and Milwaukee certainly ponied up and paid for him. But, um, you know, to not get him, I think certainly hurt their chances to try to be a play in slash playoff team and really move along this young group. Um, and it would have been a short term deal instead, you know, they went another direction. I mean, Jock Londale essentially got a a nice deal. I think he got more money there than uh, he would have other places, at least for the year coming up. And then it's, you know, kind of to be determined with those non-guarantees. But um, I, I, I thought Amon Thompson was a good pick. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I thought it was a good pick. Um, and Cam Whitmore, I think, he Still fell draft. Still he fell to value. He fell too far. But my, too my, my evaluation on that was pretty much free agency based because they went mm-hmm. so heavily into free agency in a class where it, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't the ideal time. We'll see how it shakes out for them overall. I do think Ime Udoka was a good hire from a coaching perspective on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see. But just when I saw those deals, like Fred got paid a lot of money. Dylan Brooks got paid a lot of money. And kudos to their camps. You know, clutch sports with Fred and, um, you know, one legacy with uh, Dylan Brooks. But, yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting. I think I would say one of the teams that probably surprised me the most what they did with their cap space was Detroit. They just kind of – well. They just didn't go out and do like they they could have had potential to do something like a Bruce Brown type of deal, and they didn't do that whatsoever. They take on Joe Harris's contract, which yeah. I just didn't think that made a lot of sense. Yeah, I I saw some some of my Pistons contacts, and they said you know they needed shooting. I'm like, all right, I get it, but I'm with you, Alex. And I and listen, Joe Harris, the Brooklyn guy. Joe, phenomenal human being, um, always enjoyed working with him. And, you know, it was great to see him as a guy that was almost out of the league, like on a lifeline when he went to Brooklyn, become a three-point contest champion and, and, you know, get a nice paycheck. As Sean Marks would say, a member of the core, a member of the culture, mate. And so, you know, kudos to him, but it was uh, – Man, I mean, and I know that they took on draft capital to take on the contract, but I just, I'm with you. I'm with you guys. Yes. I thought you could have divvied up that money. And remember, there was also talk of them throwing a sheet for Cam Johnson, as my yeah. guy James Edwards touched on on the Hoopside podcast. However, I think it was pretty clear 
they probably surmised that Brooklyn was going to take care of them, and uh, mm. they did. And I touched on those contract details on Hoops Hype. At first, when it was, like, reported, you know, 108, everybody was like, whoa, whoa. Like, I, I thought uh, Twitter was going to break and, 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 and the whale was going to pop up on Twitter when you try to go on. But, uh, you know, then once it got kind of out there, and I was able to find out more that they got closer to that $90 million range um, and whatnot, and maybe like 93 with some likely incentives that kind of aligned more with what people thinking and kind of what my projection was in my reporting for uh, Cam Johnson heading into free agency. So, um, yeah, I'm with you, Alex, on, on Detroit, certainly. I thought the Kings came up a little bit short. They had a lot of cap space. I think they kind of elected to bring it back uh, with, with Harrison Barnes and the re-sign Sabonis. So smart moves of kind of running it back. They did sign the guy from Europe, who uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, who does seem really promising. But they were another team that had top, uh, top five cap space, and I just didn't think that they added to that team too much. So, And then the Spurs obviously played it smart. Spurs had a lot of cap space. I think they elected to take back contracts for – additional compensation like draft picks and so so it, it kind of felt like this was going to be a big spending free agency and it really didn't end up being that way because i feel like a lot of teams elected to dump contracts to those teams yeah i mean and, and with san antonio um also bringing back trey jones as well so um listen spurs got victor Wembanyama, winner <laughs> just yeah I simply put you go from there so yeah they, they were definitely a winner well scott we definitely kept you longer than we should have but we were just <laughs> so much to talk about we didn't want to you know just say goodbye too soon so only go. only for you guys i, I tell well, you. appreciate you. that big hearts to you if you can see i'm trying to make a heart shape here for scott that's for you my man uh so, you know, you've been resting up the, for your birthday, so you gave us double the amount of time. I appreciate that. But go ahead and... Uh... You know, it's funny you say that because some people text me like, oh, yeah, don't worry. You're not going to have some transaction stuff. I was like, I reported like four or five things on my birthday. I was just like, ah, all right, whatever. This is what it is. Yeah. just for you, you know? Your phone uh, was that's, beeping that's the way quite a I bit. Thought, you know? Exactly. That's, that's the way I thought of it. <laughs> I thought we were going to get some breaking news during the pod recording because I kept hearing your phone go off every once in a while, and I'm thinking... I was, uh, I was certainly like, you know, the meme when they're doing whose line is it anyway? And Keenan's like, like that. Yeah. Oh man. If that would have happened, that would have been funny, but, uh, uh, thankfully, uh, not yet. Lord knows it'll probably happen on vacation when I'm down at the uh, Jersey shore or something. So we'll see. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. But go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you at. If they haven't already heard you hype everything up the last, you know, 40 minutes with your show and your, uh, you know, website hoopshype.com, but go ahead and let people know where they can find you at on social media. For sure. You, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike, a Scotto S C O T T O like the lotto, uh, check out the hoops high podcast on Sp the hoops high podcast, technically with Michael Scotto, but just Google the hoops high podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Um, took a little break from it just to focus more on writing and reporting during free agency, but We'll be back soon. Don't worry. We'll have some winners and losers takes on that for the off season. And uh, yeah, certainly you can find my written work on hoopshype.com, but uh, throw, throw those tweets on mobile alerts and uh, on at Mike Escato. Cause that's, I always just like, if I have like a big Intel thing, I just say reporting on and I list pretty much everything. And 
it's all there. It's too much to put in a tweet and I'm not breaking the character limit. I know I could because I'm verified. I'm not doing it. So <laughs> yeah, you guys enjoy, but it's always a pleasure to join you guys. You do great work. Um, happy to see you guys doing well also. And uh, should be a fun season for the Pacers coming up. So looking forward to that as well. Hey, we're hyped. But Scott, I really appreciate you coming on. Always a pleasure, especially when I missed you last time when you came on the show. So I'm glad to have you back. But keep up the great work. You're an awesome follow on Twitter. So everybody, make sure you give them a follow. You're not going to want to miss what might just be coming out next. Appreciate it, everybody. And who knows, maybe you could be follower number 50,000 coming up. We'll see. Well, hey, um, they very well could. I know I'm yeah. following. I, I ain't unfollowed. So, yeah, one of you guys, get in there. Give it, get them to 50K. Let's do yeah. it. Scotto, I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. My pleasure, fellas. Thank you. Scotto like the lotto. Can't say enough great things about the great Scotto. I love having him on. He's such a fun guy to talk to. Love the accent. There's no doubt about it. Just makes you feel like you're having a conversation with a guy that just sit in your living room talking. It doesn't feel like it's some forced conversation. So, you know, appreciate that. But any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? No, hey, look, Scott celebrated a birthday recently. I hope it was the best birthday uh, yet. But I look forward to having him back on because these trade rumors, the NBA, it does not sleep. There's always going to be something else coming out. And you know Michael Scott is going to have his ears right on it. Absolutely, Fachi. Go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on the good old social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. You can find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You can find us on TikTok at SettingThePace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash SettingThePace, the Pacers podcast, where you can check out all of our latest video content. Make sure you like and subscribe. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And then if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That always helps us out. But Fachi, if you think faithful listener of the show, Rooster, is a closeted Wizards fan after buying you a Wizards jersey, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.